Wow. This is hot. This is really dark. Man, I'm freaking panicking. Okay, 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 chill, chill. Just chill. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that's a possibility right now. Dude, you know what I mean? Just calm down. It's okay. You're gonna be okay. Oh, man. How long is this gonna last? Dude, it's freaking packed in here. What does a hoe mean? Oh, thank God. They opened the flap. Get me out of here. Today's podcast is about Rowdy's first visit to the sweat lodge. Today we will talk about what is a sweat lodge and what are traditional parts of its origin and practice. What did I experience at the Patina Wellness Center with my visit to the sweat lodge? And why is this practice something you might want to try in the future? And why is there benefit in trying and doing new things? Well, first off, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while since we've had a podcast structured in this way and form. And so I'm really excited to just get to you. And today's going to be a little bit more of a storytelling narrative type podcast. There'll be some facts and information that you're going to get out of this. But mostly I want you to hear and know a little bit more about um, what I got out of this and what did I experience. So first, what is a sweat lodge and what are traditional parts of its origin and practice? A sweat lodge is generally... A low-profile hut, typically dome-shaped or oblong, made with natural materials. The structure of the lodge and the ceremony performed within the structure may be called a purification ceremony, or simply a sweat. Traditionally, the structure is simple, constructed of saplings covered with blankets and sometimes animal skins. Originally, it was only used by some of the indigenous peoples of the Americas, notably the Plains Indians, but with the rise of pan-Indianism, that's a good topic for me to do a podcast in the future, numerous nations that did not traditionally or originally have a sweat lodge have adopted, and this has been somewhat controversial. In all cases, the sweat is intended as a religious ceremony. It is for prayer, and it is about prayer, and healing. The ceremony is only to be led by elders who know the associated languages, songs, traditions, and safety protocols. Otherwise, the ceremony can be very dangerous if performed improperly. Sweat lodges have been used by some non-natives in North America and internationally, resulting in responses like the Lakota Declaration of War and similar statements from indigenous elders declaring that these views are dangerous and disrespectful misappropriations and that they need to stop. There are several types of structures used in different cultures. In addition, the most common domed or oblong structures, there are also permanent structures made of wood and earth. Stones are typically heated, then water is poured over them to create steam. So here's some traditions normally associated with sweat lodges. Native Americans and many religions have used sweat lodge ceremonies. For example, Chuamash peoples of the central coast of California have built sweat lodges in coastal areas in association with habitation sites. In ancient Mesoamerican tribes in Mexico, such as the Aztec and Olomec, they also practiced sweat bath ceremonies known as Tezmical as a religious rite of penance and purification. 
Penance and purification, that's kind of the reason why I think I felt like I needed to go and why I need to go again. Traditions associated with sweating vary regionally and culturally. Ceremonies often include traditional prayers and songs. In some cultures, drummings and offerings to the spirit world may also be part of the ceremony. Or a sweat lodge ceremony may be part of another longer ceremony known as the sun dance. I've heard about the sun dance and that seems intense, although I am intrigued, but it's intense. Some common practices and key elements associated with sweat lodges include training. Indigenous cultures with sweat lodge traditions require that someone go ex through extensive training for many years to be al allowed to lead a lodge. One of the requirements is that the leader be able to pray and communicate fluently in the indigenous language of that culture, and that they understand how to conduct the ceremony safely. This leadership role is granted by the elders of the community. It is not self-designated. This leadership is only entrusted to those who are full members of the community and who, want, who, who live in the community. It is never given to outsiders to leave or to sell the ceremony. Orientation. The door may face a sacred fire. The cardinal directions may have symbolism in the culture that is performing the sweat, sweating ceremony. The lodge may be oriented within the environment for a specific purpose. Placement and orientation of the lodge within its environment are considered to facilitate the ceremony's connection with the spirit world as well as practical considerations of usage. Construction. The lodge is generally built with great care and knowledge and with respect for the environment and the materials being used. Clothing. In Native American lodges, participants generally wear a simple garment such as, as shorts or loose dress. Modesty is, is important rather than display. Now there are some risks associated with going to a sweat. So here are some associated risks. Physical effects. Even people who are experienced with sweats and attending a ceremony led by a properly trained and authorized Native American ceremonial leader could suddenly experience problems due to underlying health issues. It is recommended by Lakota spiritual leaders that people only attend lodges with authorized traditional spirit leaders. There have been reports of lodge-related deaths resulting in overexposure to heat, dehydration, smoke inhalation, or from improper lodge construction which led to suffocation. If rocks are used, it is important not to use river rocks or any kinds of rocks with air pockets inside them. Rocks must be completely dry before heating. Rocks with air pockets or excessive moisture could crack or possibly explode in the fire or when hit by water. Previously used rocks may absorb humidity or moisture, leading to cracks or shattering. So again, that's a little bit about the background. And I found this a little this little blip about uh, newbies. For the newbies or for first timers, so this is advice being given to folks that are interested in this. For the newbies, first timers. Please let us know if you have any medical conditions before going into a lodge so we are aware of your needs. We want your first experience with this ceremony to be wonderful. 
Also make sure that you are placed between experienced people and we will check throughout the lodge to make sure that everyone is okay. The sweat lodge ceremony starts when the wood to be used, the lodge and grounds are smudged by the fire tender. Then the fire is built and lit. The ceremony continues until we exit the lodge afterwards. The best advice I can give you is this. It is not a matter of survival in the lodge. I used to think this the first time I was in the lodge. Now I know that it is a deeply moving spiritual experience. Make friends with the dark. The spirits that are there are there to help you. The sacred heat from the grandfather stones is there for you. Join in the singing even if you don't know the song. Pray your prayers for the lodge is a sacred space. The grandfather stones will take what you no longer need. Give it to them in a respectful way. Heat rises so the best place to receive cool air is laying on the earth mother inside the lodge. We are very compassionate. We have been well trained with the rights and privileges to pour a lodge. We know that some people may feel that they need to exit the lodge before the door is opened. We ask you to wait until a sacred song or prayer is finished before asking to leave. In case of emergency, please let someone know immediately and we will open the door for you to exit. Purification sweat lodge ceremonies have four rounds. Each round will be in the sacred grandfather's stones with a song. Once they are in the lodge, we close the door and will open the door between rounds. Before entering the sacred lodge, please remove your shoes, acknowledge the four directions, and kneel down before the door, saying, Palame, or all of my relations. As we enter the lodge, crawling on our hands and knees, honoring the way of the sacred mother, we crawl in a sun or clockwise manner, women first, then men, making sure to place yourself closely next to one another, as this tends to be helpful, as we tend to also have a lot of people in the lodge. That was the case in my situation. Afterwards, everyone is in, and we can move around and make some adjustments. We ask that while you are in the lodge, you refrain from visiting or chattering in a way as to honor the ceremony that we are in. You will notice we use humor and laughter a lot in the lodge, and that was the case when I went too. For those who cannot crawl due to a physical issue, or elders may walk in a crouched manner due to a physical issue. How many times are we asked about how long a lodge can last? The lodge can vary depending on what we are doing inside the lodge and can last from three to four hours. In the sacred lodge, the womb of the earth mother, we honor the grandfather, stones, spirits, ancestors. We sing songs, we do prayers, and sometimes experience healing and purify our bodies with the steam rising from the sacred stones. And this is kind of like an idea of what you can ex what you need to do or prepare for before you go. Preparing for the lodge and what to bring. Hydrate with water the day before the lodge time. Bring a personal water bottle uh, that is available in case they, f they forget. Make sure that you eat well before the lodge, like eat good food when they say eat well, not like eat a ton. Wear comfortable, loose 
cotton clothing. Women usually wear a dress or top skirt. Men usually just bring shorts. Women can also bring a shawl if they're right. Wear sandals or flip-flops that you can have and then remove before entering the lodge. Make sure that you bring a towel to dry off and another to sit on or cover the face if the heat is too intense in the lodge, in the lodge if you prefer. Remove all metal, including jewelry. If you can't remove it, then wrap it in red cotton cloth. It is not recommended to have metal zippers, buttons, or jewelry as it gets hot and can burn skin. Bring dry clothes afterwards in which to change into once the ceremony is finished. And then at this particular place, they ask for bring a food dish to share for the potluck that follows the lodge. That would have been cool, but it wasn't part of my experience. Usually they ask for cured and cut firewood and it's always needed. You can bring at least seven pieces of cut cured firewood for heating the grandfather stones and that they always appreciate more. So now I'm gonna share with you a little bit about what my experience was like. So for me, I went to the Patina Wellness Center in downtown Phoenix. Uh, they hold two different sweats. They hold a sweat for women on Monday nights and a sweat for men on Tuesday nights. Uh, the first time I went on a Monday night and I couldn't attend, which would make sense because I am not a woman. The second time I went and I came on time, they asked me to arrive at six. And there was kind of a lot of sitting around uh, when I first went there. <clears throat> and I didn't really know what to do or how to act. So I kind of just sat there. I didn't go with anybody that had been before. So I sat there and just kind of observed. I shook people's hands. Uh, I, made not, I made sure not to be braggadocious or acted like I was too good to be there or anything. I just kind of sat back and observed. Uh, there was a lot of folks that are clients of the Patino's Wellness Center. Uh, the Patino Wellness Center is a rehabilitation space, and so some folks that are there are going there for drug and alcohol rehabilitation. But on Tuesday nights, they open the sweat lodge to members of the community to be able to go and practice the sweat and be part of the sweat with them. And for me, I got to go that day. Uh, that was a really good experience, uh, just kind of sitting there waiting. I got to watch the fire burn and burn the rocks. Uh, as I was there, someone had offered some tobacco as a offering for the lodge. I realized I didn't bring anything and I was a little bit bummed by that. So next time I'm gonna bring some sage and some sweet grass when I go down there for an offering. So I'm really looking forward to being able to go and actually have an offering. I thought that was important. And then also one of the people that I sat down next to also had that someone was going through mourning. And so there was a big uh, ponytail of hair and they had cut their hair off and they were putting the hair in the fire as part of the offering as well. Uh, so for the longest time, I just kind of sat there and hung out and waited. Things really didn't get going till about 6.30 or 7. A lot of people kind of started piling in. Uh, there were some white people there. There was a lot of indigenous people there. There were some Hispanic people there. Uh, but it was an interesting uh, experience. I got to see the lodge and it was covered with a lot of like moving blankets and tarps. Uh, so underneath there's more like emergency blankets or moving looking blankets. Uh, over the top is a tarp. Uh, young uh, saplings were used and tied together with cloth. Uh, it's really important to note that like things need to be tied together with cloth specifically, otherwise things get really, really hot. And so I just kept drinking water, kind of waiting for the time. And then the person that was the sweat leader, I believe his name was Thomas. He was great. I really, really enjoyed the experience with him. He said, all right, boys, 
we're going to go into the lodge. And so he said, when you go in, the singers are going to sit to the left and the participants are going to sit in the right. I, of course, decided to sit on the left where the singers would be. And thankfully, Thomas corrected me and said, please sit over here. And so I moved over and did. I was situated more towards the back or the wall area of the lodge. Uh, but I was also very far away from the door in my first part. So that was very interesting uh, <laughs> part of my experience as well. And I sat back and I watched people kind of pile in, pile in, pile in. There's a lot of people coming. I would say it felt like there was like 20 people. And it's a lot because it's not a very big space. So you're very close to everybody else around there. But nobody makes a big deal of it. Nobody says like, give me my space. No one asks or makes make sure that they have their own little bubble or area. We're all just kind of packed in and piled in there. And so uh, there's a lot of sense of like camaraderie given that situation and circumstance. So as we started, they said, uh, make sure when you're in there, you don't spit on the rocks. It's very disrespectful to spit on the rocks. The rocks are the grandfathers, uh, as it mentioned before. They said that each round was gonna be a little bit different. And uh, forgive me, because I didn't really take notes. I was just there and kind of almost trying to survive things rather than being in a super praying pl place. Uh, but the first place that we prayed to, I believe was the north. I think we did north, east, west, and then finished with the south. Um, but each uh, part of the prayers and stuff recognized or symbolized different things. And I think the first one was like childhood or adolescence or something like that. And so we sit in there and uh, they bring in the rocks. And then they, so as they bring in the rocks, they go, oh, grandfather. And then they drag in the rock. And so they have to have enough rocks for four rounds. And I didn't count the rocks because again, I just, I don't know. It didn't seem like that mattered much to me. And so they brought in all the rocks. And at that point they gave an offering. Uh, and the offering's really neat because when they put the offering on the stones, they immediately burn and become smoke. But the smell really permeates the air and it really creates a sense of like, okay, like we're about to start now, this is about to happen right now. And then they, they put the flap down. Once the flap's down, it's completely dark in there, except for maybe you can see the glowing red stones but I wasn't really that close to the stones and I, we were really packed in there. And again, my back was up against like the cloth wall. And so we start, right? And I can't tell you in that first round that I saw, recognized, or knew what was happening. I had no idea. I was just trying to remain calm and not panic because it's dark, it's really hot, and uh, we're really packed in there and everybody's speaking other languages. And then uh, once they start praying, people are, are singing uh, people start praying out loud and praying to their uh, godfather to the praying to the creator and then they pour the rocks on the stones now that's a very interesting experience when you're in the sweat lodge and they start pouring the rocks on the stones because when they pour the rocks on the stones the sweat comes down over the top of your head and it's like palpable heat and it waves over your whole body so it goes over your head you can feel it go over your neck your chest your uh, abdomen, your feet, like it's just re like this wave of incredible heat. And uh, it was very intense. And I remember as the first wave washed over me, I was like, oh my God, like this is incredibly hot. And uh, we're sitting back and uh, people are praying. And again, it feels like an incredibly long time. Uh, and I don't know what's going on. And uh, 
you know the the leader guy goes water water and like he starts throwing water around but i don't really feel anything right like i just get a couple flecks and stuff and uh and again it's hot and i'm really scared and i'm really panicking and i'm having a hard time right and he said before we started that, he, that if we needed to get out that we would say all my relations right you, you cry out all my relations and then they uh will help you get out right I didn't really remember that. Again, I was trying to just not panic. I was like making it my goal, just try to survive that first round. Don't freak out, don't panic, because there's burning hot lava rocks in the center of this thing, and there's nothing that protects anybody from falling on them. And so if I panic, it's a really big deal. But I remember Thomas said, don't panic. Whatever you do, just don't panic, don't panic. And then so <clears throat> they pour more, uh, water over the rocks and as they pour more water the rocks the heat happens again and it gets so much more intense and again i start to panic and i'm like calm down just breathe it'll be okay it's just hot like everybody else is here you're here with a bunch of grandfathers you're here with uh some like teenagers like you'll be all right and then all of a sudden they go the guy goes three two one uh and then when that happens they open the first flap and i see the flap open and i'm like oh my god thank god i am gonna get out of here just as soon as humanly possible and so i make sure not to hurt anybody and a lot of people kind of just sit there and hang out but as soon as i can hit that door man boom i am out uh i get out uh i have to go inside because i have to pee because i'm drinking so much water but i'm like so happy i just survived but what they do is they'll flip up the bottom of the sweat lodge area and so people can kind of just sit back and then the night the night air kind of gets around everybody and it cools everybody off and like though the grandfathers are there and they're still warm it's not as hot and then they kind of start introducing to each other they start talking to each other and i don't want to be any part of it because i'm afraid they're going to want me to go back in they're i'm afraid that they want me to be back in for the next round and so i'm kind of like just hanging out waiting they talk they introduce themselves they laugh a lot uh the laughing part is really cool uh, it was a really interesting part of the experience. And then uh, eventually they start kind of getting ready for round two, right? And I'm feeling a lot, lot better at that point. I've drank a lot of water. My body temperature's cooled down. My heart rate calmed down. Really the hardest thing uh, to control is your heart rate and your breathing because like you just kind of like panic because like it's so hot. And so I'm like, oh God, like what's gonna happen? And like, I'm kind of standing around the outside and they're like, we need to make room for three more. And I count people, and there's one, two people right by the door, and three, me. And I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna have to go in again. So I'm kind of scared, I'm kind of nervous, but then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go in, and I go in, and what's nice is I happen to be right by the front door. And I was like, well, okay, I kind of know how long it is. And again, I have no idea how long it is. I timed it when I had visited it again, when I didn't get to go. And it was about five minutes. But I could swear it felt like 15 or 10 or 15 minutes when I was in there the first time. The whole ceremony, I think, took about like roughly an hour start to finish. Uh, so I go in and again, I got the temp flat to my back and I'm feeling a lot more comfortable. I'm like, okay, so if I have to call out for all my relations, all I got to do is lean back and I'm safe. There's nothing to worry about and everything will be fine. So that helps me out a lot. And now I can pay attention more. So again, they uh, they had already brought in the grandfathers by that time because they have to drag in the grandfathers through the area that the opening is. And so I can see the grandfathers, like they're really close. Uh, but now I can pay attention because I'm not scared. So I hear Thomas say, uh, all right, 
here we're gonna go again he offers another offering and then uh he pours the the water over the rocks and again the intense incredible heat happens again right and so i'm pouring sweat i can feel my sweat soaking the cloth of the door behind me but now i'm in a different situation in a different space right and uh the other thing is i'm able to pay attention more right and so thomas yells out hang in there boys hang in there right and like that's really feels good when someone's like cheering you on and it'll be all right right and then i started noticing he's like okay here's the first song and so they're singing songs and what you have to do is you have to like get a sense of how many songs are being sung and then you get a sense of how long they go um now there's no set length on a song on how long it goes uh, but and the other thing again people are praying they're praying to Jesus they're praying to creator they're praying to all type of things they're praying for each other they're praying for their loved ones that they're really far away from that they've wronged and stuff and I was sitting by next to someone that was a really really good prayer uh, and I was really grateful for that experience too so it, mid like as things are going like Thomas goes water and about the time he says water it feels like a whole cup of water blasts me right in the face and i'm just shocked i'm like oh my god because uh, i'm not expecting this water like and it blasts me in the face and it's not exactly cold i mean it's super hot in there so it's not like the water stays cool uh but again i think the water is part of the you know you can do this we're here with you we're together with you uh it's kind of like a blessing but it was still shocking uh and so they throw the water it felt like three times they sang the, the songs about three times it was always interesting with the songs because like they kind of build up in intensity and sometimes you feel like they're done but then like you notice that somebody's like shaking like a gourd or maraca still and you're like oh good the song's done nope they're still shaking that maraca gourd thing right then as long as that gourd's going boom there's more of that song to go right and so i'm like oh boy here we go and so it finishes up and I go, and then I also hear Thomas go, there's one more song. And I'm like, okay, one more song. This is okay. I can do this, right? I can make it. And so one more song and they sing the other song and they go, and then he's like, all right, boys, good job, boys. Uh, and when they say boys, it's like, uh, we're in this together. Uh, like you're part of the team. There's a real sense of camaraderie with it. So it's not like a, a boy in the you're less than, it's a boys and you're with us thing. And that was really cool. And so they go, three, two, one, aho! And they uh, open the flap. Again, I, <laughs> I bail out running like a chicken uh, just because it's so intense and I'm so scared. I spend a lot of time really far away because I'm really panicked. My heart rate's still up. But long story short, the next time I sat closer to the grandfathers for the, next, for the last two rounds and I made it through all four, and I was really proud of myself for that because it was very scary and I sweat a lot. And there wasn't someone else there to tell me about what was going on or what was happening. I was just there in my moment. And I did a lot of great praying. I got to, to be around a lot of really good people that were really just there for me. And they didn't need to be there for me because they didn't even know who I am. I got to meet some different people and I got to survive it and be part of it. Again, I want to go again and not survive it because uh, as I understand, it's a very sacred ceremony and it's something that you should really give your full time uh, body and attention to. So with that, the last part of the podcast is gonna be why I think you should try things like this. So first off, you do not have to go to a sweat lodge specifically. Again, you don't have to go to the Patina Wellness Center, although if you want to, it's around Thomas Road uh, and Third Street uh, on Virginia Avenue. 
Um, I would recommend bringing uh, offering. I'd recommend bringing a couple different clothes. I'd recommend hydrating like nobody's business all before. Do bring a towel. Bring several different towels. Uh, there's also a little shower area that you can use to rinse off, and I wish I would have done that. I wish I'd have been prepared for that. Uh, also, it seems like the traditional protocols kind of wear swim shorts or board shorts. That's what most people are wearing. But make sure you bring your towel when you go in there. But for me, um, I've always had a hard time with my indigeneity. Uh, I can't really prove my indigeneity due to my boarding school experience. Uh, I've always felt uh, very strange in, in, in native or Indian circles, right? And um, they didn't ask me any questions and didn't care who I was. They cared that I was there and that I was in it and in the moment with them. And they also talked about some really great things about positive masculinity. They talked about like, you know, we can be our open, vulnerable selves here with one another and how good that that was. And that was really good. That was something that was really special. And I appreciate it about my experience. I think that's something that you should go do and experience, especially when it's a, sp a space like that. Like if you make your own and try to do it yourself, you're not doing what's real. You're doing a representation of what you think that thing should be. And if you got to go somewhere to pay for it, you're not really getting a real experience. You're paying for someone that's been there to do this thing. And there's not like a pureness of heart that's there with that. And I think the pureness of heart of the people in that space, I think is something that's important. Make sure you bring an offering, bring some tobacco, bring some sage, bring some sweet grass, offer it to the fire before you leave it. Uh, you could also see if it's appropriate to put in during the sweat lodge, but again, they're built in a very specific way so you don't suffocate. So know that that's part of things as well. But anytime that you can walk the walk of a people in their traditional sacred space and then you honor it and that you're not just a tourist, that you're there and you're there for everyone else because this is something that's sacred and important. And it's funny because, you know, being there at the Patina Wellness Center, you know, I could, I could feel and smell people sweating out alcohol, sw smell them sweating out. Um, other drugs and addictive substances, you know, something about walking that thing, doing that thing as people that are in recovery, I thought was something that was really amazing and something that was uh, an honor to get to experience. I consider myself an addict, but I've never done anything. And so that I could be there for my brothers that are overcoming stuff and to hear their stories of overcoming heroin, drinking, uh, working, how many years sober that they were, you know, I can say I've been sober for 43 years, but it's only because I never started and it's only because I was too scared to start. But getting to be part of that space was something that was really special. So I'm really hoping to invite my good friends, uh, Jim and Don, uh, next time I get to go. I want to create a space where we have time to go as a group uh, and be there together uh, because I think that would be something that would be really special to experience as those three of us. Um, but anytime you get to experience something like that, I got to go to a Sikh uh, temple and experience their worship and see how they are close to the creator. It gives you another way of seeing and understanding the world. It gives you another way of appreciating things. Like, again, for me in that space, there was a sense of connectedness. And had I not been so scared and me focused, then I could have maybe had some visions about things that the creator might want to have showed me because uh, visions are part of the process. But again, I was trying to survive it, not experiencing it. Um, but if you go, I would say uh, experience things. Take a moment, give it a shot, ask questions. Don't interview, like have a sense of curiosity. 
uh, I really didn't talk as much as I could have. I didn't connect with the people around me as much as I should have, and that's something I definitely regret. But I really feel like that that's something that you should try to do or experience whenever you have the opportunity to, because there's a beauty in connecting with other people of other cultures in other spaces. And uh, that was something that I really got out of my experience and I really can't wait to do again because it was something sacred and special to me and getting to be in that space meant a lot to me. And so, yeah, that's uh, Rowdy's visit to the sweat lodge. So as far as the podcast goes, things have been going pretty well. I've really enjoyed a lot of the interviews. And right now, uh, we just, as far as you in time right now, you just got done listening to the Reina podcast. There'll be a Colby Martin podcast and a Dr. Poulton podcast that you may have heard by now or not, depending on the release schedule. Sometimes Sarah needs these one take ones because they're a little bit easier for her to deal with. So an interesting mix of storytelling, of teaching, of interviews, and I'm looking forward to uh, these interviews continuing, and I'm really liking that now. Again, we're keeping active on the social, on the Facebook page. Uh, the Instagram page, I'm not that good at. I still don't know how to connect to that that very well. And I also don't tweet because I just don't feel like I have anything to tweet about. Uh, but all these things are a part of us staying connected with you, our inclusive activism community. And I do believe in this community and the things that we have here that we keep special. But remember, this is part of the community, right? So if you have a question about the Sweat Lodge, voicemail me. 860-576-9393. You want to know where the SWAT Lodge is? 860-567-9393. You want to text me about your SWAT Lodge experience, which would be awesome because I could share that with the community. 860-576-9393. Or you can email me at inclusiveactivism at cox.net. That's inclusiveactivism at cox.net. Uh, but I really like the voicemails the most. They're my favorite. Uh, I love hearing your thoughts and interacting with you. Please also remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, uh, share our podcasts on social media. Again, we are in the middle of a 60-day giveaway uh, where I'm going to be giving out the uh, the book in the next coming days. I don't have the book in front of me right now, but I know it's from Aubrey Marcus. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be signing that book and then mailing it out to you. But I need to see those reviews so I can do so. Make sure that you s uh, subscribe so you get the podcast delivered to you as soon as it's done. I understand Google Play has some new podcast server, and I still need to look into trying to get the podcast listed under Spotify. But I might have to get an HTTPS site, so I might need another gig so I have more money so I can change my site so I can do the secured server thing because that's going to cost more money and it's more tech than I know how to do or deal with. But again, making sure that you're sharing this stuff, uh, showing that this stuff matters to you. Uh, those emails that you send to me and Sarah mean a lot. The voicemails mean a lot to me. The text messages mean a lot to me because it shows that you care about what I'm doing and that this stuff matters to you. So checking in on my activism, things have been in a different space because uh, I just found, you don't know yet, but I've just gotten a one year only position at Phoenix College. So I'm gonna be teaching uh, five sections of public speaking. I get to do that with some high schoolers there and that's something that I'm really kind of excited and jazzed about. And I'll also be teaching one section of COM 100 
introduction to human communication, which is cool because it'll be the first time I'm doing this class in that format with this book. And so I'm, I'm set to learn a lot. And the fact that I get to be in downtown Phoenix means a lot to me, and I'm really looking forward to that as well. I got to see my friend Adama, her party. I got to go to her party this last weekend, which I think is a form of activism because she uh, finally got hired as a director of equity and, in, and inclusion at Chandler Public Schools. So that was something I was really, really happy to be a part of. Uh, I got to go to new faculty orientation. I got to do my sweat lodge. I've been working on healing racism, so we met as a healing racism committee and we are going to be doing deconstructing racism with your vote at Chandler Gilbert Community Colleges on October 18th, and I'm really looking forward to that opportunity. Uh, they're asking me at Phoenix College to look at doing a TEDx at Phoenix College specifically, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, outside of that, you know, I kind of just been gathering strength and getting ready for the fall semester, so I could have been much more active than I had been. But I've been praying really hard for this opportunity to be a communication faculty member. Uh, no matter what, this particular opportunity will end come mid-May. But there'll be hopefully an opportunity to get to apply for that job permanently in spring semester. So your thoughts, prayers, and, uh, and just your positive uh, notions about that coming to, to light would be great. So checking in my self-care, I've been able to lift at least four times a week the last couple weeks. My cardio has been a little all over the place. Uh, so I think I've only been able to do two to three times in the last three, couple weeks. Again, that shift being in a new space in a new place has been difficult. So I would say uh, I'm getting back on board with that. And the fact that I'll be looking at a regular schedule next week should make it a little bit easier to get in there and do the gym. The gym at Phoenix College is closed, was closed in the mid-afternoon, and that was like the easiest time for me to get there. So now I'm looking forward to being able to lift there as well as get in at least a 15 to 20 minute cardio session. And there's a really good cardio machine that I found there, so I'm really looking forward to that. My meditation has been for crap. I haven't gotten really much meditation in at all, and I really don't know how I'm gonna mix it in, but I know I really, really need to. And so I've been doing a mindfulness exercise on the way to work where I kind of pay attention to the things on the side of my my view. And I'm also listening to uh, Abide. It's a Christian meditation app that gives you something in the Bible to kind of think about and ponder. And so I've been doing that on the way to work, but I don't think it's as good as just a regular old sitting. So maybe I need to set my alarm about 15 minutes earlier because I've also heard the best time to meditate is right after you get up. Very first thing, maybe just lay in bed and do that. I've been taking my supplements very regularly, and that's been going really good, thankfully. Uh, again, I haven't been able to do any tank training just because of the fact that uh, our schedules are all over the place, and that's been kind of a mess. And, you know, as far as the semester goes, I think I'm in a good space, and I think I'm ready, but uh, nothing will tell you like the moment, right? So I'm looking forward to that, too. And lastly, for the recommendation of the podcast, again, the book that you can uh, try to get is Own the Day, Own Your Life from uh, the founder and CEO of Onnit. Um, that's something that I'm giving away and we're looking at doing that at the, I wanna say it's like mid-September is when we'll be giving that away. So I need to see those rating reviews and you need to email me to let me know about that. I've gotten a few already, but again, I need everybody so I don't overlook you in case you did it. So with that, my recommendation of the podcast is find something different like that sweat lodge that I got to do. Find a group of people doing something a little bit different. Like you could go to a Buddhist temple and do meditation. I know that there's a Buddhist temple that does some meditation stuff in Phoenix. 
around the Bethany home area, Dunlap area. Uh, they do that Wednesday nights and they do that Sundays. So that's something that you should do. But dive into another culture and don't be a tourist. Don't take pictures. Like really honor the space. Be around people doing different things. Be around folks that have been doing these things over a long period of time because it's going to shape and change your world and your life. And uh, if you don't go, you won't have those experiences. And it'll be scary and you might panic, but you also might meet some new friends and do some new things. And I think that would be really, really special. So uh, my recommendation of the podcast is get around a different culture, take part of them honoring or doing some type of sacredness in their own way and experience what they were experiencing because I think that's something that's really special and something that you would get a lot out of. So today... We talked about Radiga's first visit to the Sweat Lodge and what it was like and what I experienced. We reviewed the, what a Sweat Lodge was like and what were traditional parts of its origin and practice. We talked about what I experienced at the Patina Wellness Center with my first visit to a Sweat Lodge, and I told some stories around that. And then lastly, I told you a little bit about why you might want to try something like this in the future. So do be on the lookout for those things. Some of that stuff is on Facebook. Sometimes you got to go digging around looking for that stuff. When I looked for a sweat lodge here, I just Googled sweat lodge Phoenix, Arizona, and I found this thing in the space and I went on my own. I didn't wait for somebody else to come with me. I did it by myself. And that's what you should do too. So if this podcast was helpful and it made you think of something, it made you consider stuff in a new way or look at something a little bit differently, let me know. Let's have a conversation. You can call me and leave a voicemail at 860-576-9393. You can also text me and let me know what you're thinking at 860-576-9393. This is that point in the podcast where you're listening to things and you're kind of like waiting for me to like finish stuff and you're kind of like just kind of like letting this thing end. If you're doing that, stop for a second. Move over to the phone part of your phone and type in 860 I'm going to let you wait for a second. 860-576-9393. Again, 860-576-9393. Now send me a text or leave me a voicemail about what you thought about this stuff. If you laughed during this, uh, this is a place for us to to talk together, to create a community, for you to give me situations or scenarios or ask me questions about something. Like if you're looking for something in the community and you can't find it, ask me and I'll look for you and we'll talk about it on the podcast. Um, And if you wanna learn more about something, then let me know. And maybe I'll do a podcast about that stuff in the future. I want this to be a space for us to have dynamic conversations to to sit down with each other and to learn more about each other. I've heard some people say, like listening to podcast is like sitting around uh, friends and feeling like you're there with us. But I want to hear from you too. Talk to me as well. I know I'm talking to you, but I'd love to hear from you too. And always, if you are interested in booking me and bringing the power of inclusive activism to your organization, you can always do so at inclusiveactivism at cox.net. That's inclusiveactivism at cox.net. I-N-C-L-U-S-I-V-E-A-C-T-I-V-I-S-M at cox.net. And you can learn more about me and this organization at www.inclusiveactivism.com. Thanks for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast about the Sweat Lodge, and I can't wait to talk to you in a few weeks. Hope you are well and blessed, and a ho, my friends, a ho.